Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? Aaron Coscarelli. How dare you? She's a nice lady! And Scott Seidenberg. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. And welcome into another edition of The Sharp Edge. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by handicapper Brandon Lang and Aaron Coscarelli. And the divisional round of the playoffs are here in the NFL The national championship of the college football playoff is on Monday. So plenty to talk about today, guys. And before we get into this weekend's action, uh, props where props are due. And Aaron, I know you missed last week's episode, but Langer the Banger here was all over the Titans, not just with the points, but called an outright win for Tennessee over the Patriots. So before we get into this weekend's games, Brandon, Congratulations on your Titans outright victory. Yeah, a lot lots of pats on the back, lots of lots of unbelievable calls, but you know, trying to, you know, teach people or try to show people how the ebb and flow of NFL games and how one series or one play or one sequence can change everything. I will go to my grave saying if the Patriots punch it in at 10-7 from first and goal at the one-yard line and go up 17-7, it's game over. There's no way the Titans are coming back from 10 down to beat that team. Not happening. Well, they're not built that way. Nope, to get that stop, to get that field goal, and then to go down and score to go 14-13. And then Logan drops the pick six. Logan Ryan drops the pick six, which would have made it a non-sweat job in the second half. And then I'll also go to my grave saying that if Edelman doesn't drop that, the Patriots are going to score there. And then you're sweating a two-point conversion. I mean, just so many things have to go right for you to get an outright dog winner in the playoffs. And that's what I'm trying to tell people is that when you're a dog on the road in the playoffs, you've got to catch every break to win outright. And the Titans did. They earned it. Mm-hmm. But man, it was it was it was really it was great to see, and I I enjoyed that Saturday night win uh, a lot. Let's just say I, I woke up a little bit of a hangover on Sunday morning. Well deserved. Well, Aaron, it was a good weekend overall for underdogs last weekend. Which underdog, I guess, coming out on top was the most surprising outcome to you? Let me tell you, I did not expect Drew Brees to play so terribly. Uh, as someone who loves fantasy football, I bank on Drew Brees playing at the Superdome. I did not see that offense coming in just not performing against the Vikings defense that, by the way, Vikings don't really travel well. So I was not expecting the Vikings to take advantage of that. You know, the Drew Brees fumble, the offensive P.I. at the end. I thought um, there were some interesting calls that changed the dynamic of the game. But, yeah, I just – that was my biggest surprise was um, seeing the Vikings take care of business at the Superdome, which leads us to this upcoming weekend of games. Like, now I'm kind of like, well, maybe the Vikings – and I know we're going to chop it up, but yet it just kind of changed my perspective of of the Vikings this year and and how they can travel. Let me add to that. You know how running backs, when they gain – yardage records and they buy their offensive line something nice yes they should the offensive line 
and the defensive lines, so in the trenches of the Saints, both offense and defensive lines, they should take their game checks and give them back to ownership. Because from my perspective, I have not seen that bad a performance by two units. Breeze had zero time to throw, and they got no pressure on Kirk Cousins. And I'm I'm going to... I'm going to say something about the elephant in the room here, and you guys can add to this because it is a podcast and and we can throw things out there that make people think. I've said this quietly for the last probably eight years. Sean Payton is one of the most overrated head football coaches in the NFL. Two playoff wins in the last eight years. He's had some ungodly football teams. If not for Brett Favre, not running for the first down at the end of regulation in the NFC championship game where he would have picked up the first down, got it down to the Saints 30, and Minnesota probably kicks a field goal and wins that game. They don't go to the Super Bowl and beat the Colts, and he has not even one Super Bowl victory. That was as unprepared as a team I've seen in quite some time. That was zero halftime adjustments. He made no adjustment to Zimmer putting his two bigs in the middle and rushing up in, in the middle. Um, the urgency at the end of the first half at the two-minute warning, third and four, to get off a play instead of just taking a deep breath, up 10-6, world is your oyster. Everything a coach could do wrong, you did wrong, Sean. And at the end of the day, if you're an eight, seven-half, eight-point favorite in the NFL playoffs and you let the dog hang around, you are asking for bad things to happen, and then what do you get? You get another offensive pass interference penalties on that call, and now you can go cry at the moon that you got robbed. No, Sean, you got robbed because you got out coached. And once again, you see Sean Payton implode on the big stage in the playoffs with the New Orleans Saints. And that, my friends, was the most shocking thing to me last weekend. Mm. Well, now it's the Saints who have lost on the final play of the game three playoffs in a row, oh, three yep. walk-offs that's, in a row. They've lost. Yep. That's coaching. That's coaching. <laughs> Devastating. Oh, oh, oh. Do not let it fool you. That is coaching. All right. So underdogs go three Oh and one last week with three outright wins. The Texans uh, with a three point push in their victory against the bills. They were the only home team to win this week. Last week was about the dogs. I feel like this week is about the favorites, but there's some heavy lines out there like the Ravens and the chiefs, both laying 10 Packers laying five and the 49ers laying seven. So before we get into each individual game, I'll phrase it this way. And we'll start with you, Aaron. Which underdog has the best chance to pull an upset on this weekend? I say the Texans and the Chiefs only because, yeah, well, I know that I wouldn't. Well, okay, or actually, let me think here. No, no, you go with your first choice and then I and then I can make fun of it after. The reason why I feel good about the look, the reason why I feel maybe better about the Texans is if they have the full compliments that I'm hoping they'll have. Like if you see the splits that, um, that Deshaun Watson has with Fuller on the field, without Fuller on the field, it's pretty astronomical. Uh If Fuller is healthy now, let's be honest, he's a game time decision. So that's kind of complicated. Um, 
this Pat Mahomes and, and the offense isn't what we've seen. Now, we still know, obviously, what they're capable of doing. He hasn't thrown 50 touchdowns this season. He's been injured, obviously. But we have seen some things happen with the Chiefs letting uh, letting it off the gas. I think that the Texans can capitalize. Um, I wouldn't say I'm confident because I wasn't going there. I'm just saying, are they the underdog that I think that can take a team that has some issues. I know they're looking great defensively. They've been great defensively, especially as of late. I think I, I feel confident with Deshaun uh, Watson in that, in that, even in that defense. Um, it's just tough to play at Arrowhead. So that's the kind of one thing I'm a little concerned by. But Guys, let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We each need eight hours of sleep. I know sometimes when I don't get a full eight hours of sleep, I just don't operate like my best self the next day. So one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get to sleep if you're too hot. So I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. For the next week, get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500. That's an insane deal. Only at 8sleep.com slash pro. That's 8sleep.com slash pro I kind of lean towards the Vikings and the 49ers but I'll say this maybe the the team that has the best chance to pull the upset this weekend is the team that's an underdog by the fewest amount of points and that's the Seahawks and the Packers right it's going to be snowy at Lambeau Uh, about a foot of snow is expected to fall the Packers offensively have only scored over 24 points once in their last eight games being played Uh, I do expect this to be a low-scoring game. I like the under 47, but I think if there's one team to pick out of this divisional round that could upset a a favorite on the road, I think it's the Seahawks. I think they have the right formula to beat the Packers. And as, as solid as the Packers' defense has been this year, I don't know why I'm just not impressed by this team as a whole. Am I onto something here, Lang? First of all, I think Houston and, and Casey go over the post total. Um, I don't think, again, not just to disagree to disagree, but I, I don't think Houston defensively in their secondary matches up with, with the Chiefs to get the outright win. Yeah, they won 31-24. Yeah, Mahomes had a banged up ankle. Um, I do think the game will be closer than people think. Um, home team in Green Bay, Seattle's won eight in a row. Russell Wilson's never won at Lambeau. What concerns me about Seattle is they're banged up on their offensive line. That defensive line of Green Bay, which overwhelmed the Vikings on Monday night, um, I think creates some problems there. More importantly, I just think watching McCown go up and down the field on Seattle's defense in the second half and imploding in the red zone, that's a caution for me. Um, So I don't think Seattle can win. You're going to call me crazy. You're going to call me out of my mind. 
but I'm telling you right now, do not sleep on the Titans. Do not. The, the, from, a, from a match to point of X's and O's, people are – so it's almost like the LSU-Clemson um, um, matchup, which we'll get to in a moment. But when you look at the Titans and you look at the Ravens, the Ravens' defense isn't anything special. They're not. And, and for people to think they are, you're crazy. The Niners ran roughshod through them with the running game. And you're looking at a secondary that I watched Sam Darnold. Their secondary was healthy. They had their entire secondary when they played the Jets. Sam Darnold went up and down the field on that defense. Granted, short week Thursday night, I get that. But still, you got to make stops. Jets had a fourth and one at the six, fourth and one at the 11, fourth and two at the 20, and fourth and three at, at the 35. Didn't convert one of those. Yeah, they lost by three touchdowns. That game was a lot closer than people think. I love what I'm seeing from the Titans. Eight and three, their last 11. The three losses were by three, 10 and 10. The 10-point loss at Carolina was three turnovers and three missed field goals. The loss at home to the Saints was a down by three driving. Receiver falls down, pick. Saints run it down to the 20 and punch a a late touchdown in. Um, This is a dangerous team right now that plays fundamental defense. So Lamar is going to have to make throw after throw after throw after throw. They're a bend, don't break. They're a thinking man's quarterback defense, which means they're going to make you go on 11, 12, 13 play drives. And I don't care who you are right now. No one's stopping Derrick Henry, even if you put eight in the box, because people are not talking about just how good that offensive line of the Titans is playing right now. And you give me a boatload of points, I'll take them. And do not be surprised if Tennessee has a chance to shock the world and beat Baltimore. You cannot discount Pease's knowledge of everything Ravens, having been with John Harbaugh for so long, this is not going to be a blowout. If Ryan Tannehill plays a clean game, and mark this down, write this down, hold me to it next week. If the Titans win the turnover battle on Saturday night, they're going to shock the world and go to the FC Championship game. I just want to see a picture of Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram standing next to each other again like that coin flip during the National Championship game when Ingram was the uh, – special captain for Alabama and Henry was still playing because Derrick oh, Henry makes Mark Ingram look like a child. <laughs> that's, how, that's how big Derrick Henry is. Let me ask you guys this though, because just in terms of playing football, the Ravens score so many more points than anybody else. My thing well, is. Well, well, Aaron, I will come back at you and I will say that ever since Ryan Tannehill took over at quarterback, when yes, they went seven and three to end the regular season, the Titans have been the second highest scoring team in football behind the Baltimore Ravens. Averaging how many points? It's less than the Ravens. And guess who has the number one quarterback rating the last 11 games of the season? Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill won 17. But people just can't get over the fact that he, Ryan Tannehill, Miami Dolphins, he's horrible. He's no, this, he's that. Of course, both you guys interrupting me didn't let me finish my game. <laughs> okay? My question to you is, yes, I understand that Tannehill, obviously the splits are different. First half for the Titans much different than the second half. But here's my question for you. The type of offense that the Ravens run, right, especially with Lamar Jackson and his versatility and all of that, blah, 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 blah. Can they keep up with that high potent, high up-tempo scoring, right? I know he's with running the ball. I'm just simply asking very simply, giving feeding the ball Derrick Henry 35 times 
can they do they have the ability to put up quite as many points to suggest that they can score more points than the Ravens who put up 33 points on average a, a game? I think they could score with them, but I don't think they're going to have to because in the playoffs, I think we've seen that the, the game kind of slows down a bit. Sure. And, I, and I know that, you know, John Harbaugh and his aggressiveness and going forward on fourth downs, the playoffs just take on a different atmosphere and a different intensity level. And I am not so sure that he's going to be as aggressive with a season on the line Maybe as opposed right. to week 11 in the regular season. So this might not be the free-flying Ravens team, and that might be what they have to be in order for them to go to the Super Bowl, but I just think that there might be a decision or two that it comes down to where in the regular season, John Harbaugh is all for it and going for it on the fourth down. I think on Saturday night, maybe he kicks the field goal. That's a good point. I'm just telling you, after watching you guys banter, do not be surprised to see the Ravens and Titans with the Titans to have a chance to win this game outright. I'm telling you right now. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but first let me tell you about my bookie. Christmas is coming gone, guys, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? I bet you have a feeling, so head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. That's right, I said Premier League, not Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you've got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come out, then you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Last week, I did a four-team teaser with all four underdogs, and it was probably the easiest teaser I've ever hit in my life. Push all those spreads up by six. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't even close. With the high spreads that you see this weekend, it, 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 can I do this again with the underdogs? Make the Vikings plus 13, the Titans and the Texans plus 16, and then the Seahawks plus 11? Is anybody getting blown out this weekend? I don't see any blowouts. I think there's a chance Seattle could get blown out. Really? I do. I just, I, I'm telling you right now, I just, there's something about watching them get blown out at the Rams that sticks with me. There's something about watching them lose to Arizona at home that sticks with me. Um, and let's be fair. If Carson so, Wentz plays in that game last week, they probably a, win they, the game. They, they, yeah. Eagles probably yep. win. Yeah. And that was a banged up, that was a banged up, that was a banged up Eagles defense who has who had a poor secondary all year long. And I just I just just something to, I'm staying away from that game. I am. I, I think that the Texans plus the points is the right side. Um I think Minnesota plus the points is the right side. I think Tennessee plus the points is the right side. 
um, that I'm staying so far away from that Seattle Green Bay game. Um, plus, I don't have very good luck with Mr. Discount Double Check with the 70s porn star mustache <laughs> much in the playoffs anyway. So, Aaron, let me ask you a fantasy question uh, for the DFS players that uh, are not uh, a bachelor power couple and cheating. Um, who's the player that's going to have the biggest performance this weekend? And if you don't get that reference, uh, Brandon, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the the, the person that won the Millionaire Maker last weekend was a woman from The Bachelor where her and her husband and their friend manipulated the DraftKings system and put in 450 unique lineups and won the million dollars. So there's a whole investigation as to the ethics of the game and whatnot. We know daily fantasy players have been doing this for years, but that's besides the point. Which is the player to you, Aaron, that's going to have the biggest day? Well, um, I'm just mad I didn't come up with that myself. Just kidding. Yeah, we could have put in 450 <laughs> unique lineups between the three of us, right? <laughs> um, you know, I think even though we were just talking about how great the Vikings defense played at the Superdome, I'm thinking George Kittle could have a huge game against uh, Minnesota coming to Santa Clara, you know, the Vikings are not great on the West coast in terms of, uh, just traveling and performing there. Uh, and George Kittle, he's, he's primed to have a pretty big day in my opinion. So give me George Kittle. I, I would put him in my DFS. He's a no brainer of all the, of all the, uh, tight ends, but you know, another interesting point too, adding to that Titans game, uh, and Lang might like it. The Ravens have been off. Uh, for a few weeks now so you you know yes that's great they're getting rusted getting healthy but you know you have to concern yourself with maybe a little rust too might be uh, an issue for for Baltimore coming into that game that's a fair point Uh, I want to bring up the topic of rust as we transition to the college football playoff national championship game which is being played on Monday Uh, this game was actually supposed to be played last week there was a conflict though with the Superdome and there was something going on in New Orleans that they couldn't have this game. That's why it was pushed back a week. 16 days since the last time LSU and Clemson played. Clemson's been here before, which is why I think that they're more capable of handling such a long layoff. Do you think that the layoff, Brandon, counteracts the home field advantage that LSU has playing this game an hour away from campus? It doesn't matter. You, you know. <laughs> okay. I, I, when you played in this game for the last five years, when you have, in my opinion, the best defensive coordinator in college football, the second best defensive coordinators on the other side with LSU, first and foremost, I love under 70. They're, they're not, they're not going to get to 70. It's not happening. Um, too many athletes on the field defensively and two really good coordinators who are going to, who are going to do some things for me. Everybody I talk to is on LSU uh, here in Vegas. I walked out of the grocery store. You can stop off, play a little video poker. I played, I, I do that and throw a hundred dollars in the machine. And, and just before I hit four jacks for 250 bucks, there's a 68 year old woman. I'm like, Hey, who, who do you, and I, and I do this with big games. I do it with the Super Bowl. I do it with this game. I'm like Richard Dreyfuss and let it ride where you walk outside the horse track. And he asks everybody who they, who they like in this race. And he checks it off in the last race. The last horse that nobody picked, that's when they went and bet that one. I kind of do that. I just get everybody's opinion. And this lady looks at me and she goes, I, I tell you what, that 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 uh, that LSU quarterback, Joe Burroughs, he's such a cute boy. I just like LSU. Like like I have not got one person who has told me. <laughs>
Not one person has told me Clemson. Yeah. So when I look at this game and I break down this game, I keep coming back to two things. That was a really good Ohio State team that Clemson beat. It was and an should easy. have won if the it, receiver it, doesn't it, break it was, off his route. It, that, well, timeout. Custom time Fields out. made the right play. This is what everybody says. Teams that have won 30 games in a row find ways to win games, not lose games. Yep. Number one scoring defense in college football. So when you get in the red zone, the field gets shorter. They get better. They make plays. To beat Ohio State, who many felt was the best team in the country all year, hadn't given up more than 26 points all year. Clemson put up an ugly 29 on them. Um, last drive of the game, four plays, 94 yards, touchdown, bam, 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 done, see you, wouldn't want to be it. Um, I just don't see how LSU is going to run game on this team. And I, and I bring up last year, when I told the world that not only was Clemson going to cover the number, but they were going to win the game outright by double digits. And if you go to brandonlang.com and scroll down, I have my analysis from that game still posted from last year where it says, I wouldn't be surprised to see Clemson win the game by double digits. Think about this. Everybody last year talked about one person and one person only. Two of this, two of that, two of taffy, get the two of candy bar, two of croissants, you got the two of burger, you got the two of shrimp, you got the two of this, the two of that, your two of my two of, mama two of, daddy two of, two of, two of, two of, two of. That's all you heard. Greatest college quarterback ever, first round draft pick, Tua is God. Three picks, forced fumble, four touchdown loss. When you get into a game like this and the magnitude of this game and Joe Burrows goes up the line of scrimmage, Brett Venable is going to show him things he has not seen from any coordinator all year long. Yep. If Joe executes at a level we have not seen, so be it. But I have enough data of Brett Venable and what he did to Tua last year that will lead me to believe Clemson's not getting blown out. I will take the points. And again, I got a, a quarterback who's never lost uh -huh. when he was down 16 nothing. He never blinked. He's got weapons. He's got an offensive line with four seniors. This game's going right down to the wire. Wouldn't surprise me if it goes to overtime like the game a few years ago with Georgia and Alabama. Give me Clemson plus the points. Well, I'm with you. I'm taking Clemson plus the six. And I think this game comes down to which team has the football last. Uh, for Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator of Clemson, he's been here before. But I think he's going to actually look at a couple of games that LSU played and kind of go with that example. He's going to look at the Auburn game. And he's going to look at the first half of what Todd Grantham did at Florida against this LSU team because in the first half Florida was right there with LSU they pressured Joe Burrow they did a tremendous job at the line of scrimmage and I think those are the games the LS the the, the Florida first half and the Auburn game that Brent Venables is going to have to watch the film on and come with an attack here against Joe Burrow let's let, let's just call it for what it is though no team has been able to shut down this LSU offense this game could very well be a track meet and Daryl Morey who's the general manager of the Houston Rockets has a has a great quote when it comes to teams he says great teams don't win close games they avoid them completely and that's LSU right where Clemson has been involved in these close games LSU with the exception of that Auburn game they haven't played a close game mm. I think when this game gets close I might lean towards the team that actually has the experience in the close games. And I'm going to just go and take the six points because I just think I, I, 
I do believe LSU wins the national championship. I picked LSU to win the national championship uh, about um, two months ago, but I can't not take six points here if you're giving them to me. So I'll go with Clemson and I'll root for the orange Tigers as opposed to the purple and yellow Tigers in this matchup. Aaron, I'll let you get the final word on this one. Um, well, I'll just, uh, I'll button it up here. I know the long haired assassin has obviously a lot of championship experience. Obviously that means a lot. (laughs) Um, and look, I know that Lawrence has obviously played in this type of game before with, uh, with a lot on the line, but I just like what I've seen from Joe Burrow this season, obviously. Oh God, you and everybody else. That's right. That's right, baby. Facing that a uh, lot of tough matchups. Obviously, we liked what we saw in Tuscaloosa. Um, I just think this dude is going number one overall, and I can't wait to see him play in For any the Cincinnati play. Bengals. <laughs> That's right. I am so ready to see him in Cincinnati. So don't you agree, Brandon? Are you excited? <laughs> well, both of these guys are going number one in back-to-back years. I can promise you that because Joe Burrow will go number one this year and Trevor Lawrence will go number one next year, the following year. In fact, I've talked to people that have said that if Trevor Lawrence was eligible to come out of the draft last year, he would have gone number one. This kid had to stay in college for two more years before he's the number one overall pick in 2021. That's how good he is. Give me Clemson, Brandon. The the NFL is in really good shape as far as with Brady on his yes. way out and and yes. Brees on his way out and yeah, yes. Aaron Rodgers on his way out. Um, with Lamar, with Mahomes, with Burroughs, yep. with Trevor Lawrence, with you know, with these kids that are coming in, um, you know, the NFL's in in, in pretty good shape. So um, we got some great games this weekend. Uh, great game on Monday night. Uh, the great thing about doing this podcast is we all get to come on here next week and rant and rave about who was right, who was wrong, <laughs> and on to the conference championship games next week. Let's do it. All right. In, enjoy the games this weekend and on Monday, and we'll do it again next week. Out of here like a fat girl in dodgeballs. See ya. <laughs> Bye, you Bye, guys. Bye, See ya. Well, there you have it for Brandon Lang. Be sure to head to BrandonLang.com for all his analysis and picks. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Follow Aaron at Aaron Coscarelli. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from or simply check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. Until next week, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.